so you're out in uh, Minnesota, yeah? Yeah, yep, yep. Not too far from actually where the Mall of America is, just a half an hour. So, is is it more Minneapolis or Minnesota? Because they're kind of they I've never been out there. I was hoping to have been out there this year actually with MMS, but are they kind of very close cities? Um, yeah. So uh, I, I'm here in the the, the Minneapolis St. Paul area, closer to St. Paul, but uh, it's part of the metro right here in Minnesota. Right. Okay. So. What MMS is really a stone's throw away for you then? Yeah, yeah. The first few years I just car- uh, I commuted because, you know, I wasn't a speaker back then and I was just an attendee. So um, my work paid for tickets, but not, not for a hotel room. So we just drive in every day. Nice. Yeah. And what, what was that the original Microsoft MMS, was it, or the actual? No, just, just yeah. So to me, I, I didn't get into Config Manager when they had... Uh, the Microsoft one that was uh, before my time, so I really only know the the one that Mason put together. Nice and near for you, like I say. It's uh, you know it's one of those things where you know we look at it with envy over here. If you're not going, it's like I mean, it's, I suppose if, even if you live there, you don't go. There's a bit of you know jealousy and fear of missing out, <laughs> right? But for yourself, you're right there. So when we do like a W bug in London, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's 10 miles away. Not even that for me. So I just jump on my bike or jump on the train, whatever. Pop down there. It's perfect. You get a day of that. Uh, but you get, you know, uh, Peter Edgerton or Jerry Hampson who are flying over or Peter's, you know, coming down on the train. Ded- the dedication to doing that is is great, you know, because for me, like I say, it's just around the corner. Although I did do, um, um, did I do uh, W Mug Manchester? Oh, yeah. uh, where Peter said, "Yeah, I'm going to do this, uh, you know, sort of spin off a, a northern branch of this. So it's a couple, couple of hundred miles away from London." Ooh. And I went and stayed with my mum up in the north, just to kind of. It's normally about a little over an hour away to drive. You're driving over an area called the Peak District, which is our version of having some mountains and hills, and not really mountains, sorry, some hills and countryside and national park. Um. And the day that it happened, it started snowing. <laughs> it took me four hours to get to this event. Um, the, the event was already running, and uh, we had three people in attendance because <laughs> everyone had decided that they wanted to get home, which is fair enough. Yeah. It was an evening thing. But, you know, the dedication of us doing that sort of thing. But for you, MMS is nice and near. Yeah, oh, yeah. perfect. So, uh, yeah. So, Gary Gary Block, thanks ever so much for taking part in this week's Just a Couple of Jerks podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, it's a pleasure. Because, uh, Gary, you're totally active in, in the community. Uh, and as you just alluded to there, you, you hadn't been into Config Manager for, well, I say too long. It's Was it 2012 you started with? It was 2012. Uh, so, at my first place where I was uh, starting Config Manager, they had 2007, but um, right away, uh, even even then when I started, the, the betas for 2012 were out, and Kent was doing classes uh, on 2012 in our area, and they wanted to get me trained, so they sent me to Kent's class, so uh, I, I really don't have any experience with 2007. It's all 2012 and newer. Yeah, I... I, I 
have that same feeling. Well, not feeling, but you know, I missed out on SMS back <laughs> in the day. Um, maybe that was a good thing. But uh, 2007 was my first intro. Um, but yeah, you, you've been you've been involved with it for a little while now. Um, right. Not that long, but it is still a little while, isn't it? Eight years or so. Um, but you're massively involved in community. In fact, you, I, I would say you are the guy who should be MVP, and you get a lot of this on on uh, from people in the you know saying that online. Um, but you don't you don't deal with Intune. I think that's the blocker, isn't it? Really, that you don't really do modern management where you work. That's what I hear anyway. Yeah, I don't touch Intune um, mostly because we we don't use it at work, and and I just don't have time uh, on the personal side to to work on stuff that I'm not going to be using because it's just going to get rusty anyway. So I just stick with what I know and and enjoy and enjoy doing that. Yeah, and do that pretty well. So you, you're you've got your blog GaryTown.com, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how did how did that all kickstart then? Oh man, so. I've owned Garytown since since college, uh, and if you use like the Wayback Machine, uh, you could probably check it out. And it's it's a lot different <laughs> than it is now. <laughs> it was just a, a personal blog of uh, of my traveling around the U.S. and, and whatnot. Um, and then it, uh, the, when I got married, it kind of just went away. Uh, I bought a new domain for our family and used that for personal stuff. And Garytown just kind of went by the wayside. And then uh, several years later, I still own the domain name because, you know, you can't let go of something like that. Uh, at MMS, uh, during a bunch of the bird of the feather uh, things that I would attend and people would have questions and be like, oh, yeah, I've, I've done that. And I, you know, talk them through stuff during during those sessions. And, and the question kept coming, well, do you have a blog? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and uh, so Johan uh, was actually the, the person who spurred me on to making a blog uh, back in 2015. And uh, I started, my first post was about Windows 10 customizations. And uh, that's still one of the popular, like when I look at my traffic, it's still one of the most popular blog hits. So it's funny, actually, those 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 things that stick yeah. around the blogs. Mine is how to deploy an exe by Config Manager. That's I guess massive amount of hits. In fact, I did a YouTube video of it, and I have about three hundred YouTube subscribers, and I do nothing else on it. I think why are people subscribing to me? There's <laughs> no, no content whatsoever here at all. Yeah, and, and you know, I saw that kind of Windows Ten customization stuff kicking in, and 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 were you were you at uh, the big bank at the time then were you, were you... no no uh, yeah i was uh before this place i was at the state of minnesota working for the the state government uh doing stuff there right okay so just th- through those experiences you started adding that content and was it um uh, i mean obviously the amount of devices you're managing now <laughs> is it's quite big, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. what's the comparison? What were you managing previously to what you are now? Oh man. Uh, so, at the state, I had uh, I, I worked for the Department of Health, so just a small subset of the actual entire state, and uh, I had like twenty four hundred machines that I was uh, responsible for there. So, uh, I mean, I mean, now it's uh, four hundred thousand and. 2400 is is not even big enough to be considered a pilot anymore so <laughs> wow 
Yeah, and I was speaking to a chap called Chris Roberts who works for SAP uh, over here in the UK and we were talking about numbers because they manage around 120,000 or so devices. And I was trying to comprehend that. I mean, the largest... I've worked with a company where there was 100,000 devices which the plan was to get those into Config Manager. Um, But the main bulk of it was around 20 odd thousand 30,000 and I've worked with a couple of companies that size um, you know but the scale it goes out and I kind of said to Chris you know does it does it not matter after a certain amount it's just the same thing the same problems would you agree with that oh 100 percent yeah even going from the 2000 up to 400,000 the same challenges you got to make the same things it's just that you we end up doing a, a fair bit more testing than I used to. Um, just to, <laughs> it, it can be a little bit more of an impact if, if uh, your first pilot goes bad versus uh, when you have a pilot of like five or six computers. And so, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, so the key is the testing then. So, oh, yeah. um, so the customization stuff that you did then. So that that was your initial. Um, sort of dip, dipping your toe into the waters then with blogging. And did, did you see kind of, um, and I was always interested in the Gary Town name. I thought that's quite cool, Gary Town. You know, what's that? what does that mean? So you kind of kind of answered that. You, you kind of kickstarted that. And then did you see, was it a case of seeing that people were actually looking at it or what did was just kind of the interest of doing it sort of spur you on to do more? Yeah, it, it was a little bit of both. I, I was kind of surprised how... Uh... Um, that there were quite quite a few views, and then um, you know, it, it just kind of ended up becoming at work. They were really starting to push us to do documentation, so I was like, well, in, instead of doing documentation at work, I'll just start using my blog for for what I'm working on to keep track of stuff, and uh, it, it actually um, kind of lended itself to creating blog posts because i was just actually doing it on, on work time when they were telling me to to document i would just put it on my blog instead that's pretty cool yeah because you know half the time these documents never get read do they <laughs> I don't know about yourself, but i've written so many you think that's never going to get read but if it's out there on the net it's going to it can get searched on not just by the people you're doing it for but by anyone else i mean i was really surprised to see stat i mean my, my initial you know the sccm mentor thing was all around a self-help database for myself when i had a problem that i'd completely forgotten how to fix it um, but to see people from around the world coming along, it's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Um, so from there again, that you, you, I mean, you've done presenting, you, you've presented at MMS and other places as well. So was that again a, a choice that you made, or did someone kind of go, come on, you should be presenting this as well? Oh man, yeah. So uh, I, I'm not really a big fan of presenting in general. Um, it's it's definitely outside my comfort zone. So. Uh, I had no no intents of ever doing that, but um, uh, my my coworker Mark Godfrey, uh, after MMS one year, was just super pumped and he's like, "We gotta we gotta present." And I was like, "Oh, fine. If you put together, you know, get <laughs> our presentations, <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I'll go present with you." And um, and it ended up kind of becoming a 
a little bit of a rush. You know, the, the first year, I, the first presentation I was up there the night before, I didn't sleep. I felt sick. I had headaches. And I was just like shaky. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I doing this? Yeah. And, and like well, the first presentation, we got one of the big rooms. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so how many people were in that room then? Is that uh, like 500? Uh, you know, yeah, it was a few hundred. I'm, I'm not sure how many, but uh, it was quite a few. And then uh, one of the other presentations, we found that Jorgen and uh, Nash were doing something really similar. So Greg Ramsey said, like, why don't you guys connect up and make sure you're not duplicating anything? And we ended up just merging. So we ended up uh, spending time with Nash and Jorgen and uh, just making our joint Windows 10 customization uh, presentation. And, and that actually really helped uh, bridge some of those gaps because uh, those two are awesome at, at presenting. And so they really took us under their wing and helped us to get uh, to that point where we were more comfortable presenting. And um, yeah, I really loved working with Jorgen. He, he is just uh, an ace, man. He, he knows so much about what, and even if he didn't, the way he talks, like he just sounds so knowledgeable, but, but it's, so it's great working with him. And uh, yeah, so it, it because of these events, uh, being able to work with people that are further ahead than you, they, they, they help bring your game up. And then it's been fun to be able to do that with other people now. Yeah, I think also it's a confidence builder as well, isn't it? I mean, uh, right. I, you know, I mean, I I wouldn't say I stayed up the night before, but I, I hate pre- presenting. Um, but I still, I still get nervous now. So even if I'm doing like, a, I mean, I did a t- 10 minute slot last week at adam's uh, feature update webinar yeah. and i just get so nervous beforehand um i mean i was kind of like that you know i still am when people they go around the room let's go mm-hmm. around the room and introduce ourselves and it's coming up to me and i'm like oh god it's me next <laughs> yeah. what am i gonna say you know it's it's just it's built into us isn't it i suppose but i found it's it's getting easier but still i still get the flutters uh, but having other people there who are um, either going through the same thing or at least giving you confidence or something, you know, the ones who give you confidence, like, don't worry about it, it'll be absolutely fine. That sort of thing really helps. Yeah. Um, and I've met Jürgen a couple of times, obviously, with the the summit. And he's a nice guy. And I can I can see how he will give give that back and the way that he would present. I mean, I watch um, Jan as well, Jan Kettleskanki um, presenting, and he he just looks like a natural at it. And <laughs> some people just are. I think there's a bit there's a built in. Maybe they're the trainer types, right. uh, possibly who who do that. So I mean, you still present as well. And 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 actually, you know, looking at the stats, I've seen some feedback results. I think from last year's. And weren't you the top presenter? Uh, no, no, it's just number two. Uh, number two. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just David behind David James, James was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just behind David James. Yeah. Who? I mean, you've obviously seen David present. Oh yeah. As a, as a natural at it, and, but he's got that insight, insider knowledge, and everything as well, hasn't he? So to come second to him is pretty amazing. Right. Um, how how did that happen? You know, how does that happen? Do you think? Oh, you know, I think it's, uh, it, I really enjoy what I'm talking about. 
And then just throughout the conferences too, uh, I try to make myself available and I, I have so many side conversations throughout the, the week of the conference that, you know, however many people voted to for me, I probably had personal conversations with. So that's kind of what <laughs> Is I... Is that when you slip in a few dollars? Uh, here yeah. you go. Uh, you need, need a few votes here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how many, how many of the MMSs have you done then? So presenting-wise, which was your first one? Oh, man. Uh, the first one, I think, was 2016. Uh, and then, so I think I presented at, at four local and two, two, uh, destination ones. So they're the fall ones. Yeah. 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 Or the, the autumn ones as we call it. Right. Right. <laughs> the, the real word for that, that season. Yeah. The autumn. Um, yeah, joking. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're little, little, for anyone who doesn't know, they're kind of mini cut down versions of MMS. Am I right? Cause I've right. never been. Oh yeah, it's 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 really nice because it's a smaller smaller uh, number, and you really get to uh, know some of the people better. And then uh, just because of of where they are, that they're really uh, pro bringing your own family. So the last couple I've uh, brought brought my wife, and the last one was actually over our anniversary. So uh, we took one of the nights and just enjoyed the uh, the restaurant at the hotel and. And uh, actually brought a few of the kids to the last one, which was really cool. To, so, didn't we? Didn't we have a something around a common date? Don't don't we have the same wedding anniversary? Uh, ours is November eleventh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we got the same wedding anniversary. Oh, so, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I think you said something on Twitter. I went, oh no, my, no way. That's uh, that's mine as well. So congratulations coming up in a couple of months. Yeah. So how, how many years will that be then? Oh, that's going to be... You can't think about it. You should know this. Guy. Yeah. I just think like, how old is my daughter? And then add one. So 14. <laughs> oh, God. Don't let your wife listen back to this. Yeah. How old is my daughter? And then plus one. Yeah, that's how many years I've been married to you. <laughs> Yeah, so it'd be my twentieth actually this year. So that's that's quite a special number, I suppose, isn't it? That is. It's great. And I believe you've got quite a few kids. So I've got four. So you beat you're beating me on the kid front, aren't you? Yeah, we've we've got our half a dozen. We've got six now. We had our five girls, and then uh, a couple years ago we had we had our boy. Was that was that you were hoping for that, or you know, we've got five now. We've got to get the boy. (laughs) <laughs> keep going till we do no nah, we just we just kept going and uh no plans of stopping or starting it just kind of happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> so your eldest she's she's uh 14 then so the youngest is your boy is that is he he's two yeah our oldest will turn 13 because we'll be having our 14th anniversary and then uh so we, we've got about uh 12 years our 11 years between between the first and last so far. I don't know. Well, it's I suppose it's like config manager and numbers, isn't it? Once you get past a certain amount, it doesn't matter anymore, yeah? <laughs> you know, people might think that, but... Uh, it's that, not, that, is it? No, it, it, the bills and everything just keep going up at that steady incline, so... <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you know, my, my oldest is, 
is 20 and my my youngest she's she's 30 so we had three boys and a girl yeah so we kind of went the opposite way to you and we didn't kind of we didn't uh, well yeah i mean did we plan to stop i don't know just four was enough and (laughs) but um you know i can't imagine keeping going at that younger age because there's, there's, there's different phases aren't there with kids oh, yeah you, you know it yeah and um but to keep to go back to that buggy phase and the nappy phase wow <laughs> fair play to you is there a gap between some of them is you know have you kind of gone a few years before the next one arrived yeah so between our first and second there there's four years and um it, it was a hard four years because we, we wanted to have our, our second and uh it just wasn't happening and, and we lost a couple in there and so then after that, we're like, well, um, if if we're given any more, think, think, you know, we'll be thankful. And so um, after that, we're just we'll, we're not going to you know prevent anything. We'll just take whatever we get because we just don't know. And each one's going to be a blessing. So, yeah, it was really hard to get number two. And then they just started continuously coming. <laughs> <laughs> You're not over it yet, then. There's, there's room for more. There's always room for more. <laughs> so how do you find the time then? So uh, this is a thing, you know, it's, it's, you're doing a lot of community stuff, but you've got the family as well. How do you juggle that? Is that something you find easy to do? Um, you know, so lately I've just been taking and unplugging on weekends. So, uh, you know, after work on Friday, I just kind of close the computers and uh, just put it away. Even Twitter, I, I barely touch on, on the weekends, and I'll just pick stuff back up on Monday. But that just means uh, that my weekdays are a little, little crazy. Uh, so, so my my typical day is uh, around uh, eight o'clock or so. Come down down the basement, work at home, which is just marvelous. Was that before before lockdown? Yeah. As oh well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a, another uh, main reason I went to Wells Fargo was the, the work from home uh, mm. ability. And so uh, eight o'clock and then work until about five ish. I, I try to cut off. You no, know, I, I work with Mike Terrell and now Nathan uh, from Denver. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he's recently come on board. Yeah. 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 He's 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 great, by the way. Uh, you should make sure you talk to him. But uh so they're a couple hours different. So um, I get a little peace and quiet in the morning, but Mike's an early riser. And uh, so he's usually up anyway. And then I get my I, five o'clock. I try to cut out. But, you know, Mike, about two, two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, his brain is like at full, full steam. And <laughs> so I'm always like, I got to go. And Mike's like, oh, I got to run this one last thing by you. And, uh, <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Just go, come on, man. Let me let me let me go. I gotta, I gotta go with, with with dinner for the kids, you know. But yeah, <laughs> so I, I try to make sure I'm done around five, and and then uh, it's it's usually the next few hours are family time, dinner with the whole family, and uh, try to do something fun for that. And then the littlest ones start to go to bed at seven, and and then um, usually by. 8.30 or so, we have the, the all the bedtime routines done with the ones that really need help. So 
God, I mean, I remember those days of, of well, I mean, it was teenagers trying to get them to bed as well. But, you know, when they're younger and they're jumping out of the bed and, <laughs> you know, uh, do you find yourself, I used to just lie next to some of them. And then next thing, if, if a few hours it would have passed, I'd, I'd completely zonked out with them. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's fond memories of, of that. But, you know, are you, do they, do they is it like rounding up the, the cattle or whatever, you know, just trying to get them to sleep or are they pretty decent? You know, most nights that they're pretty good, uh, uh, but they're definitely those few nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, kids will be kids ultimately. Uh, you, you oh know, yeah, it's, oh yeah. It's all part of part of parenting. The the, the, the hardest job in the world, yeah. and the one with the least. Well, I wouldn't say the least thanks because you get back from them, but you know. You're not going to get the word thank you back from them that much unless they're they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, parenting's about the long game. You know, you, you win a couple battles here and there, but you just pray you win the war and uh, have good relationships with them once they're old enough to understand how much work and love you put in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going through a phase uh, at the moment of, of, of trying to shoe ours out of the house one by one that's the, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah but the eldest like i say he's 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 on the move now he's he's year three in his studies and he's out in germany this year but uh, my second boy is uh due to start in a college where he'll be boarding for four to five nights a week so you're kind of going right off you go do your thing um and, and then mutter don't come back at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's it's uh it, it's a cha- i mean it's a challenge regardless but a challenge at the moment for the kids with everything that's going on in the world um you know just to succeed the fact that we're going through this this covid situation uh impacts us all but um trying to get out into the real world i mean my my eldest my didn't think germany was going to happen uh, at one point um, I mean, how's how's that been for you? I mean, obviously you were working from home anyway. Um, so, but I suppose the kids wouldn't be at school, would they? They'd be at home. Well, you know, and, and so that hasn't changed much for us. Uh, we homeschool anyway. So the only thing that, that changed was all their extracurriculars got canceled. So, you know, like the, we had uh, had a pool membership and then we'd go to the pool and do stuff there and and all that just like kind of dried up but um you know thankfully uh summer was coming so like we, we bought a few extra things for the backyard and they just go out there and play a bit more and in the hot days they're you know we just have a, a blow-up pool and they play in that and it's been good times for the summer but now with the winter quickly approaching again it's like oh boy <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting uh, i actually had a quick look this is part of my uh in-depth research uh, <laughs> to uh, the climate over where you are, and uh, you get pretty decent. Well, you get a real range of things, don't you? you get a pretty decent summer. Yeah, uh, gets up to the forties. Uh, sorry, for, for hundreds. Sorry, hundreds. <laughs> I'm doing Celsius. <laughs> yeah, and then but then you've got a real. I think it's it's it said on on now this, this could be wrong, but in on Wikipedia that you have the coldest winter of all the cities in the states um yeah it, it's it gets cold um definitely gets cold <laughs> so you have a real mix of stuff and it was saying you get like um uh you know uh, uh thunderstorms fog snow all, all the range of stuff in in the winter as well 
Yeah, you know, I'm just thankful that I don't get earthquakes and I don't get hurricanes. And uh, so the huge, those guys, I don't got to worry about. But everything else I can kind of handle. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like to be um, on the end of some of the storms that are coming in on the south coast. That right. just looks horrific to me. Um, yeah, so um, so that's that's coming up. So they're going to be a little bit stuck and a bit indoorsy. So we'll, uh, you know, ha- I don't know how you do it if you've got them all running around. <laughs> you know, you, you just kind of—is it kind of? Mum says dad's getting on with work, um, or does does your wife work as well? Oh, uh, um, so my wife stays home and she she does the homeschooling, and then uh, she does she does so much around here that it's uh it's more than a full-time job that's for sure <laughs> and you can just put your feet up yeah, yeah. And, uh, ch- and chill while she's running around <laughs> yeah i try not to get caught with my feet up too much <laughs> yeah exactly just got to do another blog love um you know i'll, I'll be an hour and a half and she's like <laughs> throttling you almost get you in here dinner in bedtime right you're good yeah exactly <laughs> i always remember the feeling though of, you know sort of um working out in the city and coming home and it's been one of those days where she's had you know it's it's just not worked out and that and she's had enough and but you've had a hard day in the office and you walk in and you've you're shattered you've done the commute or i was cycling back as well so be extra tired maybe wet through maybe it rained or it was mm. cold or whatever you get in the door it's right you're taking over <laughs> like, oh man let me just get myself together right. <laughs> so was was it uh, i always ask this question to people was it was it something you wanted to do then gary as a kid was it was this your passion was this your thing or is uh, it something you kind of stumbled into you know i kind of stumbled into um so i mean as a kid it wasn't really a thing yet uh, I mean, as young as I am, I'm still not not that young. But yeah, because how old are you, uh, Gary? Thirty. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm guessing forty this next forty already. Yeah. Wow! Don't worry, I'm hitting. I'm January. Hold on a minute. We got could have some date clashes coming. I mean, I'm January as well, so I'm going to be fifty in January. Ah. Um, can't wait for that one. <laughs> Yeah, so just one of those things had kind of a natural knack for. I was originally planning to go to a university for being a, a history teacher because I really enjoy history. And then uh, they, they started offering some computer classes when I was a senior. And uh, they just, it, it came too easy not to take advantage of. So, <laughs> uh, instead of going to four-year university, I did a, a two-year tech school uh, for computer networking, and then just kind of uh, slowly progress. You know, you, you start out as a service desk type of thing, and you, you just go take your turn and you work up as as you get to know the different areas. So, so was it something that you kind of understood anyway? So you got, you got this offered. Were you, were you doing a, uh, you know? You, because you say history, it's quite a difference, isn't it, in the way that the brain works on those two things, I would have thought, to do computer networking. Was it something you understood, or...? It, it was. Uh, it it just... So, I, I'm not a fan of reading in general, and for some reason, you know, when you want to be a teacher and some of those other things, you got to do a lot of reading. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I, I enjoy my history documentaries uh, quite a bit still, but 
uh, I'm kind of glad I, I, I sheared away from, from doing that. But whereas with IT, it's like things just kind of naturally came. I didn't have to try hard and it just like the solution always presented itself. So I just kind of worked out. Work, yeah, exactly. So, it so when you, when you say it came to easy, uh, sorry, when you say the course came to easy, so you were offered that without having to have certain grades, or oh, uh, no, it, it just in oh, uh, in my head, it just made sense. You know, I I didn't have to try very hard, and uh, I'd get good grades in those subjects, and and uh, you know, another thing for. Um, when I went to tech school, I got a uh, internship at the local IT department in their service desk area for a work study, and and, and I learned so much more in, in tech school working for the local IT company than or for the local IT on campus than I did in any of the classes. Uh, so ha- having that base r- really helped. Uh, so what kind of things were you dabbling with there? Then was that supporting? supporting the systems you say right yeah so it was supporting the the, the teachers and then supporting uh, the, the labs and, and stuff like that so i mean that was when you, you know you learn ghost and you learn it was the windows 95 era was just taking off yeah yeah so were you, were you exposed to 3.1 then it was a little bit of that no uh, i you know i was actually a mac boy before before college, I, I had my, my first computer was a, a Macintosh, and uh, so I, I grew up, and, you know, in, in education, it was a lot of Macs, so I, I didn't really uh, get to the PCs in, until college, and then, uh, so nine, Windows 95, and we were just starting to upgrade to 98 at that time, so that's really my first thing, and then, of course, Novell, you know, ruled for network authentication at, at, at that time, especially in education, so. Yeah, it was uh, Net Netware three three one two was it or? Uh... Yeah, uh, and I think I really got into it at Network Network four, um, and then uh, you know so I I took my Novell classes and got my certification back then, so that was useful now. But uh, you know, and then it then looking at Windows NT and 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 that's like man, this is such a mess compared to Novell and. Finally, you know, two thousand server came out, and that was at least somewhat decent. But yeah, it was. It was kind of like uh, you, you compare it at the time, wouldn't you? I, I'd be going, "Oh, Novell does this so much better." But it didn't. It didn't survive. Um, Microsoft reigned supreme with that in the end with AD. Um, so, so when you when you finished up at the college, then did you you say you started off with some kind of support jobs, or did you did you flow straight into something? No, it was uh, it was support jobs. I I first the first job I could get. The only thing that I, I could really find was a um, a, a consultant job, um, doing you know basically uh, service desk type thing for an area up in northern Wisconsin, a super remote area, and um, yeah, uh, different clients every day, just small business mostly, and, and even you know, home users that needed help, they'd call this little IT company that was up there in this little rinky-dink town. Did you have to relocate for that? Uh, you know, I was, I did not in the end. I, I just commuted the hour and a half up there. And uh, it just, 
it was not an area I wanted to live. And uh, they said they were going to open a new office in a, a different town that I was okay with, and they never did. So it was about the four month mark, and like, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, it was right before summer, and uh, I took. It's like, well, I'm just going to take the summer off, and then look again in the fall. And, uh, and then actually, the this school that I, I was an internship, they hired me to just do some odd jobs. They needed some extra help. So I, I went back and worked with them a bit just to cover it for a while. And then eventually I got my first, uh, I'd, I'd say real job that I stuck with for a while, which was service desk back here. And, and that brought me back to Minnesota. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, a couple of years of doing service desk type stuff at a S uh, you know, the business was about a couple hundred employees, so not big, but you know, it's it was enough that they needed support, and it was small enough that they had a small enough IT company that even though your service desk, you end up dabbling in in a, in a lot more, which was nice. Yeah, that those things really help, don't they? I, I found um, back in that, so I, I I didn't do it. I never did a pure kind of help desky service desk role. Um, I kind of worked for companies that were smallish at the beginning so I was kind of dabbling in various things I did one stint where um, it was you had to cover the phones for a little while I think you maybe had like a morning shift mm-hmm. uh, and then in the afternoon you went out and did the jobs that you'd picked up as part of the calls that you did in the morning or anything that was in the queue kind of thing right um, but the it's great that you can kind of you know you you you're doing a bit of networking, you're doing a bit of firewall stuff, you're doing things that you wouldn't normally pick up on. And it allows you to, you know, just get that kind of helicopter view of things, even if you're not an expert in these, in these, I mean, my networking skills are just absolutely desperate. Um, They really are. And in fact, when I did my MCSE for, I think it was maybe 2003, that was the one exam I had to retake. I just could not get my head around it. Uh, for whatever reason but it's great that you get to dabble it just gives you that that all-round knowledge i suppose right yeah to understand how the different systems interact with each other so that you can make better decisions from a, a you know looking down versus being stuck in your little area absolutely yeah yeah um we used to have some fun on the phones as well at <laughs> times, but but I, I did get thrown into uh, one stint only for about an hour and a half back in the noughties where I was working at a place, um, local government, just around the corner from where I am, and they had to cover the phones. We, I was working on projects at the time, and um, they were having a meeting, so they need, just needed some cover. And my God, the pressure. I couldn't believe it. I was like, these questions being asked of me, normally you'd have a bit of time to think about it. And mm. people were, ex- and I thought, I couldn't do this. This is too much stress. <laughs> and I was like, going, right, I'm going to have to, um, I'm just going to have to uh, log this and I'll pass this on. You know, the unfortunate thing is it actually got passed on to myself and some of these calls <laughs> for further up the chain. So, <laughs> But the, the, the pressure of being on the phone at the time, I found really, really intense. And I thought, no, that's, that's too much. <laughs> so you i mean you're, you're kind of specializing now in a way aren't you because you're just you know you're into one one area right, right and was that something that just again over time just slowly 
you know, you, you got introduced to Config Manager 2012. Uh, but you, were you sort of kind of going that way, or I think you? No, I th- I've heard. I think I've heard you say before you used to manage Alteris. Yeah. Wow. Good memory, Paul. Uh, yeah. So uh, I worked for a, a K twelve school district for a while, and they had uh, Alteris. So that's that was one of the first major, um, uh, you know, asset management systems that that I worked with for managing workstations and. You know, it's one of those things like the first one that you use that's decent, you kind of get comfortable with and then you compare everything to that. And I can remember like using uh, 2007 just for a little while, like, man, Alteris is so much better than this, <laughs> you know, because Alteris was instant. You know, you, you try to do something versus like, I got to wait for an hour. What are you talking about? Man? <laughs> so getting this mash channel lately is is uh, quite nice and, so what did Alteris manage then? Was it exactly the same? Was it all around software deployment or did it do patching and things like that as well? Um, so I don't think it did patching, but it, you know, it's software deployments, uh, operating system deployments, uh, get information on a lot of things. And we used uh, WSUS for patching back then. So, yeah. It can be quite frustrating, can't it, with Config Manager where you're having to say to people, this is not going to happen straight away. Um, <laughs> give, right. it, give it a, a moment or two or maybe more as we await the results so we are seeing some of that fast channel stuff happening now which is quite a, quite a blessing so so you you kicked in with config manager and uh, it's it's been you know you've, you've not looked back since really i mean like i say you're, you're one of those people in the community that's that's seen to be out there and totally involved and um you know, is that something you're going to keep doing? You're going to continue doing? Um, obviously, with presenting wise, is is all kind of virtual now. Are you going to get involved in all that kind of thing as well? Um, you know, I'll do a little bit from here and there. I'm I'm trying to make sure that I uh, do better time management, saying no when I need to say no, and uh, trying to make sure I, I give enough time to here at home and and whatnot. Uh, the other thing is I'm. I work for a recast part-time now too. And so I'm giving them uh, a good chunk of my evenings. So uh, my personal blog is uh, definitely quieted down unless there's something that doesn't make any sense to, to post at recast. I'll, I'll post it online, but otherwise I'm trying to dedicate my, my evenings to working for recast software and building out some of their materials. So what kind of things are you working on there then? Uh, so, so for recast, um, when they do new releases, I'll, I'll go through it, do a lot of their um, Q&A, uh, help find some of their initial bugs, and then I'll, I'll blog a lot of their stuff They kind of pre-document or, or show less less official documentation and, and more like this is how you would use it in your environment, uh, almost as like a, how, how some of the clients would actually use it. And then uh, usually quick little videos for each new release. And uh, between the releases, when there's time, then I have started working on other things that are uh, kind of related to workstation management that they would find value in uh, the clientele of, of Recast, what, what their clientele would find value for uh, instead of uh, having to go all over and search for blogs that are loaded with uh, advertisements and stuff it's like oh, just come check out our documentation and uh 
you know, it's a safe place to start, you know, our company. And then from there, uh, you can move on. So, yeah. And, and, and so you also compile a monthly yeah. list of, of things as well. How much time does that take up? <laughs> That's actually really time consuming. Um, so a lot of it though, is just like kind of each day I, I just kind of scroll through Twitter and anytime I see a blog post from someone, uh, or something that catches my eye, I just, uh, share it to myself as an email and then uh, when I get to that point in the month I just scroll through the 60 things in my inbox that I sent to myself and kind of accumulate stuff there I also uh, I've got pretty good contacts at the, the four different uh, hardware vendors you know Microsoft Surface um, and then uh, Lenovo Dell and HP and, and I email those guys every month and and ask for like hey, is there anything that you would want you know, your customer base to, to know who are, who are managing workstations that you might not normally get in front of during that month. And uh, so the, uh, they've been pretty good to work with and, and they'll send me like, hey, this is, you know, some of our new tools or some new things that are coming up that, you know, our, our clients should know about. So are they are they people you're working with quite intensively then during, during the day then as part of the part of your day job that you've built up contacts with? Um, you know, just, uh, actually just HP, uh, Nathan from HP, I'll contact, uh, somewhat regularly through, through work when we're having some things going on with HPs or I've got a suggestion cause, um, HP has been, been great in, in that regard where if I'm working with their tools a lot and I'm like, ah, oh, I, I wish it did this, or I found this problem, you know, I'll just email Nathan and it's it's quite cool because him and his team uh, there they'll get back to me same day like oh yeah that that's a great point or, or hey uh, yep we replicated your issue and uh, within the next twenty four hours or seventy two hours or whatever we'll have a thing released and so HP has been great I kind of gave up on some uh, other manufacturer which I won't name we won't uh, mention <laughs> yeah uh, uh, giving them feedback just. Like oh they they give you the the head nod like yeah that's great and then you 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 know never hear boo about happening so and that that's the thing I mean you know that that interaction with community and getting that feedback it helps improve so it's interesting you know it depends on the business I suppose but you know I, I will more likely veer towards someone who gets involved in that way helps improve things um you know and, and and makes ticks things over makes things work when there are problems there's nothing more frustrating than than a bug that's stopping you or a bug that's causing a customer such grief mm-hmm. um i've had one recently again i won't mention the uh, <laughs> the vendor but um you know it, it caused so much so much grief between the, the business I was working with and their customer for six months and um, a, a small little thing that eventually got resolved but we'd, we'd fed back with the problem and, and got nowhere with it and then eventually it did and and you just feel you know you're hitting a brick wall because part of you go is going is this definitely a problem with the hardware or is this you know is this something in the build or you're trying to pinpoint the problem and you're spending hours and hours and hours trying to isolate it. I can imagine you you you're going through similar things with what you do at times, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. 
you, you, you're kind of ch- checking yourself at times, aren't you? You're going through scenarios. Is this this? Is this that? What's causing this? If I take this away, is it that? Right. And if the, the vendor had just go, actually, yeah, we've replicated that. Um, we know it's a problem with this. Right. So much the better. But yeah, they don't always, as you say, not not every everyone's willing to uh, partake in that, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, it was quite interesting because I, I saw those kind of. Uh, is it is it month? It's monthly, isn't it? You're sending out those uh, yep. community yeah, updates. Yeah, we have our yeah. monthly uh, recap that we we like to send out, and so yeah, I, I try to cover a lot of the the Microsoft uh, technologies and try to put in there like what's going on in the community, what events you can, you know, try to connect up with. Um, got to know a lot more about the different. Uh, you know, user groups that are out there too, and try to make sure I found contacts for them so people could follow on Twitter. You know, and then it's just the, the whole last half is just, you know, here's what, uh, you know, people in the community are posting. And, and uh, you know, just I hope it, I hope it helps people because I know when I was first starting out, I had no clue that there even was a community like, like this until, you know, MMS. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. And, and so for a lot of people, if, if they're not on Twitter or, you know, not, not active enough. And, and uh, I think some of the people that, you know, sign up for the right click tools and stuff like that, you know, they, they know about right click tools because who doesn't. And then, you know, they just don't know about all these other things. And then once they get that, like, Oh wow, there is a, a community. And so I'll try to make sure that I put everybody's Twitter handle in there. So I'm hoping to get more people active that just aren't, aren't aware. And, you know, and I know there's admins out there that just aren't going to take time to get on Twitter, and, you know, and that's that's fine too. So, uh, you know, this is a way that you know they can just you know once a month kind of catch up on what happened on Twitter, and so they get fired fired an email as well, yeah. Right, right. So if you've ever um, like signed up for the right click tools and stuff like that, then you're kind of on on a list, uh, and then a lot of or at least a lot of the customers of recaster on the list and they'll get a, an email with like, Hey, the, the monthly thing is out. This is what's happening at recast and check out this, uh, you know, post by Gary to see what's going on in the world of, you know, workstation management. That's pretty cool. I, I didn't realize that an email went out as well. So obviously I see via Twitter, I see a notification come in. Right. Um, and I, I've been really surprised that I've actually ma- managed to make it make the cut on, on quite a few occasions. In fact, sometimes I, I kind of look at it and go, did I blog this month? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Right. What did I do? Oh yeah, I did that. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite cool. And it's a, it's a nice recap. I mean, it, I kind of, um, how I compared it was back in the day, there used to be a web page as part of the Microsoft, um, documentation that had a list of blogs that kind of, you know, wasn't comprehensive, but it was a list of the people, mainly the MVPs um, mm-hmm. were on there. But you could actually go in and edit it. And there was someone behind the scenes who would approve. But it was a nice little portal to give you some ideas of of names and, 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 and links. Um, so I see, it, I compare it to that because that, that page probably doesn't exist anymore. Um, but this is a nice roundup and it's, and it's, it's um fluid it's up to date as well whereas this thing wasn't this this is the you know the things that have just come out 
right. you can check on. So it's not, yeah, it's a, I was interested to see how long that took you to, to put together. So it's not, you know, it's not something you can do instantly. I know the things I've done with Adaptiva for their kind of yearly yeah. roundups, they don't take, yeah, yeah, they, you could just fire it off in two minutes, but I like to get a ra- different range of people, different style of person and the things that they're doing thrown into the mix for that. Um, and it, yeah, it takes, it takes a little while to compile it. And then, I mean, I, I had to write a little description as well, which can, you know, takes up time obviously oh, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so you're doing a bit with recast. So it's, it's that, how long has that been going? It's a couple, couple of years or so, isn't it? Oh, you know, it, it actually be a year here in October, I believe. Um, right. And did they just come to you and say, can you help us promote? And You know, actually I, I went to them because uh, uh, quite a few of them at Recast are, are personal friends and, and people that I've actually worked with at, at former employees or employers. So I, I know of quite a few of them quite well. And uh, so when uh, about a year ago or so, uh, I used to work Geek Squad for, for 13 years uh, in our in our local store. And uh, they were really pushing me to either quit or work more hours because I'd only work a couple nights a week because that's really all I, I could. And um, so they're like, well, we, uh, you know, corporate law uh corporate rules and everything that they want every employee to work on weekends or you know so many hours a, a week and it's like yeah I, I can't work 20 hours a week you know coming into your store yeah this is on top of your day today yeah right yeah for a long time they were you know like oh this is gary you know it, it's cool if he only works one day a week you know it's just worth having him on on payroll to have him come in and fix all the issues in that one night a week he comes in so uh, but, you know, management changes and some of them like want to follow the rules a little bit more from corporate and, you know, and to corporate, I'm just a number. So eventually it just came down to either I got to quit or work a lot more hours. I'm like, I can't do that. So I reached out to Recast and like, hey, uh, would you guys uh, be interested in having me work, you know, uh, part time with you guys? And, and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. So at first they, they thought I could be a dev. Um so I started trying to learn C C sharp, and, and in the meantime, while I was trying to learn C sharp and, and uh, work with the dev team, uh, they came to me like, "Hey, uh, would you be interested in, in you know blogging some of our our new features that are coming out and, and helping us with some of these things?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, sure. That's uh, more of my comfort zone." So I did that, and uh, it ended up that the marketing team stole my. Uh, resource time and and uh, I, I kind of gave up on the dev side and uh, just been working with the marketing folks that as you say that's probably more in your comfort zone so you're probably quite quite uh, glad of that ultimately yeah you know it's still on my my list of things that I would like to learn is you know is c sharp and and development but um, it's it's one of those things like it's hard to do part-time it's hard to learn uh, when it's not something I, I'm going to use at Wells Fargo anyway during my day job. And finding the time, right, right, is is key, isn't it? So, which which, which kind of leads me to the next next thing I had to, to ask you about. Then um, I, I'm probably going to guess your answer on this one, but I was going to say, you know, what what is your kickback thing then? What's your in your spare time? You know, what are your interests outside of IT? 
Oh, uh, you know, right now it's uh, just pure family time. Uh, whatever they want, whatever they want to do. Um, I, I used to really enjoy some like simulator games on the computer, uh, like train simulators and stuff like that. But I, I, I rarely have touched a computer for for a game in, in years. It's all. It, just uh it's either working or hanging with the family yeah i I was right then i I just i know what it's like it's you you sacrifice certain things excuse me you sacrifice certain things to accommodate their needs ultimately so where you may have poured over hours and hours on a train simulator in the past well Forget that, because hours right. and hours don't exist do they? in that way that they get right. repurposed elsewhere and the focus shifts. No. So, um, yeah, you have to kind of... I mean, I used to have, um, you know, back in the day, Xbox, the original <laughs> Xbox yeah. that I bought for myself and a 360. That I, oh, I don't play games at all. I just really... You know, I did back in the in the nineties, and um, and I bought an Xbox. I could play a bit of FIFA, or you know, a, maybe a motor racing game or something like that. But it just doesn't happen. You right. know, just they just uh, you, you know the situation. They just take over, don't they? So, <laughs> in fact, uh, one of my boys thinks that Xbox is his. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> How dare he? The original one. I don't think the controllers still work uh, work for it anymore. I think that the wires got wrapped around the controllers so much that they just kind of went because he was kind of going the other day. What? Do you remember that original Spider Man game? Oh, I really want to play that because that's nostalgia for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going back to when he was a little kid swinging through uh, New York City or wherever. It's a Spider Man. <laughs> Feeling the part. Yeah. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, when you were a little, little, little kid. So again, it's going back to that, you know, you, you, that question of what you wanted to do as a kid when you were really small. You know, what was, what was little Gary's thing? You know, like you say, you, you kind of it just happened. But was that you know, a few people have gone, have gone. Um, you know, I wanted to be a pilot, or I wanted to be a, a soccer player, or whatever. You know, was there something that you really wanted to do? Ah. Uh... You know, uh, there there really wasn't. Um, I I just enjoy. I grew up in a small town, so a lot of those you know those kind of jobs you didn't really ever see. And uh, so I guess you know in, in the small town it was more of the you know my dad was a barber and like well you always want to be what your dad is. So I kind of thought like oh that'd be kind of fun you know as as a little kid and as you get older I'm like nah. nah. Did you did you learn how to cut hair? No, <laughs> which could have been handy in the last few months, couldn't it? <laughs> At times, yeah. yeah. So, as a, so as a kid, then in, in a small town, is it what, what's that like? Is it kind of in the states? Are you are you out and about playing all the time? Just you know, an outdoorsy kind of thing going on? Yeah. Uh, so it, that was pretty much it. It was uh, so the town I grew up in was twelve hundred people, and uh, just just a little town. Um, but back. Back, you know, 30 years ago, in a little town, they, they had everything you needed. They had, you know, the grocery store. They had, uh, uh, the you know, the post office. They've got the hardware stores, all those little, you know, general stores that, you know, you, you could live with. And, you know, now 30 years later, those are all closed up. And, 
you know, you, you got to drive to a larger city to get anything like that. But, you know, as a little kid, you know, in those little towns, you could just ride your bike all over town. And that was just acceptable. You could walk around, you no fear of anything. Uh, you know, as a park and a lake close by. So it was, yeah, basically just, you know, you wake up and you, you just spend your days outside unless it's during the school year. And do your kids get that kind of freedom where you are or is it a bit more restricted? It's definitely more restricted. We live in, an, in a, a little community here. Uh, we're just on the suburb of, of St. Paul. So we're out far enough that it's it's not chaotic like in the city. But, you know, it's still, you know, you're just more aware of what's going on nowadays that, you know, you're just a little more protective. It's like stay in the backyard. <laughs> you kind of you feel sorry for them in a way, don't you? I remember my kids uh, when they started sort of, you know, that age where they want to play out and well, luckily we have the garden at the back which in london is not you know guaranteed um so they're always thrown out there and playing and things and but you kind of go we used to be out we get on the bikes we go for miles we'd right. be shattered when we got home so we wouldn't really be bothering mum and dad we'd be you know apart from being smelly and dirty <laughs> maybe jumping in the bath it was like you were out for the count you know tired and i'm sure my parents would say otherwise and we probably bug them plenty <laughs> but uh, you know it, it you kind of felt for them if you what you, you wanted that that for them it's a real shame right. um that that happens and i was just thinking about what you were saying about um you know the hardware stores and things like that uh you know closing and people people go out of town to the bigger uh shopping malls or or wherever to get things do you, do you think covid's going to change that do you think i mean you know is this is the city empty at the moment where you are you know it's kind of crazy because uh you know we, we we rarely leave our suburb even before this happened but uh when we're out it it's it doesn't feel much different any where, where we are it's just that everybody has a mask on now you know traffic still insane it, it was actually a little bit later you know when it first happens and they, they put their first lockdowns in place but now as they're trying to open back up it's it's like almost no different it's you never know what's really going on other than uh, certain stores their hours are a lot less which is kind of annoying uh, you know i stopped at the in ups store to drop and ship a package and they weren't even open yet. i'm like oh man <laughs> go back open. Wait for later in the day try to sneak up during lunch and ship something back to amazon yeah we're so used to um 24 7 almost in a way isn't it that you know particularly here in london i mean i moved down from the north of england uh you know 20 30 years ago and everything shut at five o'clock back home you know that was it right and yeah. you, you know you go uh, where i was living this shop was open you know little corner shop open 24 hours a day it's like I can go in here at three in the morning and, you know, <laughs> buy milk and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, part of me, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I've been, I've been into London, but not really into the centre since I've been out on my bike for a couple of bike rides and on the roads, it's a hell of a lot quieter. And people are saying that the outskirts is really busy for traffic, but the centre, there's nothing happening. Hmm. I was talking to a, a former colleague who said that she was getting on the train into London because she has to go into town a couple of days 
uh, a week to work back into the office and um, she's jumping on at sort of maybe, maybe just after the rush hour um, yeah but not too, not too much after so you're talking maybe 9.30ish or whatever and on her train carriage there's three or four people on there and normally that would be you'd be crammed and pushed up against the door you know cattle like mm-hmm. um, commuting in um, and it's a huge difference. And then the shops are shutting. So you'd have the sandwich bars. Like you were saying, you know, things are shutting earlier. It seems, so in London, it seems a completely different place and yeah. almost like a ghost town. And I, I need to experience it. But I mean, even even this morning, taking my son to the airport, this was at five in the morning. <laughs> and um, seeing a train go over a, a bridge, and I said to my son, there's no one on it. And he says, Dad, it is five in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah. But normally you would see people on it. There'd be, there'd be right. one or two. And then coming back, I saw a train going out. And again, no one on it. So, uh, you know, for us, it's it seems um, the, the cities are definitely being used less. So I'm interested to see what it's like for yourselves out in the States where, um, I mean, you have different lockdowns as well, don't you? In different right. states, it all depends, doesn't it? Who governs decides right, um, right. on that. But I think for us here, it's it's slowly building up, but it's going to take a hell of a long time for the cities. And the cities may, in the meantime, collapse. You know, I mean, that's that's a that's a, a quite a drastic right. scenario. But there's going to be a lot of a huge amount of change. Uh, and, and and this is London, you know, it's the major city in the country and one of the top ones in the world. And there's no one, no one in there. So this, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I've been mostly working from home for the last few years. Anyway, I, I'll, I'll go to customers um, when, when there's the need. And the last time I went into London was, um, was March. And back then I was kind of like, I need to go. <laughs> it wasn't like comfortable being there. I want to go. I don't want to go home on a packed train and that sort of thing. Um, but you, you've managed to keep away from that. So, I mean, you know, during lockdown, I mean, you, you say it didn't really change much for you, but I suppose the whole grocery store experience would have been different. Were you, did you, did you were you ordering online or were you just kind of going in masking up and that sort of thing? Yeah. So um, a little bit of both. Uh we, we have Amazon Prime every so often, but otherwise uh, we used to take family trips and we just cut that out and I would just get up really early and uh, just run in and, and get anything we needed at, at our local Sam's Club or I would uh, order stuff online and then they'd have it ready for me to pick up. So it was, wasn't too bad. Yeah, we have this great thing in uh, in the UK. Um uh, well, I say the UK, one of the supermarkets has, has started a thing called Chop Chop. Um, and um, you can, I mean, it's, it's similar to Amazon. You could you used to be able to order with Amazon and get things delivered fairly quickly for food. So they have this app. I can go in there. I can type in up to 20 items, almost kind of, you know, grabbing something in a basket. Right. And um, a guy will drive up on his, on his scooter. And within right. an hour, you've got what you need. So, right. you know. Uh, and and during lockdown that was that was available uh and and i'd go past the supermarket and see them all queuing up you know outside and thinking oh, i'm gonna use chop chop <laughs> i'm gonna avoid yep. all that right. why not but yeah even going into a supermarket i mean i've not been in a large supermarket since probably march as well 
just hasn't happened. So things are changing. I think I think some of those smaller shops, as I was saying earlier, I think like the hardware hardware stores, the the, the bakers, the butchers, the grocery stores, all those kind of things might start to reappear over time as people start to shop more local. I think maybe it's different in the States. Um, we, we seem to be jumping less and less into the cars than we used to. Right. But I don't know in the States because you do like your big cars, don't you? <laughs> well, we like our big car because we, we have to get everybody in. But <laughs> that's, well, that's true. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> God, yeah. So, how's that work then with all yours? So, you're—I mean, I've got a—it's uh, an eight-seater. So, are you, yeah, you're just about doing that, aren't you? Right. Yeah, we've got our eight-seater. Work works all right. Uh, I wouldn't mind something bigger just to be able to get some more luggage in. Otherwise, I've got to put a thing behind the the truck to put totes and stuff on when we go on a vacation. So, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say it's the luggage then. So we've got the roof box. Right, right. We need the we need a trailer, but to be honest, now I mean we don't have they, they don't tend not to get in the car at once that anymore our kids. So uh, yeah, they're they're all they're all reluctant to go out as their teenage uh, heels kick in. <laughs> Do you want to pop out? No. <laughs> right, fine. Leave you to it. <laughs> Brilliant, Gary. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today um, yeah, on the podcast. Man. Really appreciate you taking part, getting to know you a little bit more beyond. Uh, beyond the blog and you know what we see of you out and about in the community and you are the dream team yourself and mike yeah it's 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 a blast uh it's it's a fun fun work environment yeah and hopefully um when mms kicks in again um i'll maybe who knows get picked to present again and (laughs) get to meet you because it would have happened this year that's right yeah, thanks ever so much. Appreciate you taking time out today and uh, and all the best. Yeah, thank you so much, Paul.